John Prine, in his song, Everybody, sings, while out sailing on the ocean, while out sailing on the sea, I bumped into the Savior, and he said, pardon me. I said, Jesus, you look tired. He said, Jesus, so do you. Won't you sit down, son, because I got some fat to chew. Well, he spoke to me of morality, salvation, pain, and sin. Matter of fact, the whole dang time, I only got a few words in. But I didn't squawk. I let him talk. It's been a long, long time. And anyone that's been turned down is bound to be a friend of mine. And then the chorus. Everybody needs somebody that they can talk to, someone to open up their ears and let their troubles through. Now, you don't have to sympathize or care what they may do, but everybody needs somebody that they can talk to. And that includes Jesus. Like us, he was turned down. He was rejected. No one wants to be rejected. It's no fun. No one likes it. It hurts. You remember rejection. You remember rejection as long as you live. That's the way we're made. That's the way we're wired. We remember things, especially painful things, so we won't get hurt again. But we always get hurt again. Rejection comes with being human. And it's not a question of whether you and I will be rejected. It's just a matter of when and what we do with it or what it does with us. The more rejection, the harder it becomes to take risks. Who wants to get hurt? Someone you love dumps you. Or you lose your job. Or you get the interview, but they hire someone else. You put yourself out there, and your hopes are crushed, or at least disappointed. You get slapped down. It's hard to get back up again when you've been slapped down. Anyone that's been turned down, John Prine says, is bound to be a friend of mine. Misery loves company. Rejection is lonely. When I was a college freshman, uh, I came straight off the farm to Chicago. In my little town, people were, as a general rule, considerate of one another. They spoke kindly to one another. They helped each other. I was expecting a package in the mail, and it was long overdue. So I took the bus to the post office on Lawrence Avenue in Chicago, and I went to a window with an unhappy man behind it. Above the window was a sign, one word, information. The man ignored me. Uh, excuse me, I said. Yeah, what do you want? I'm expecting a package, I said. A package, he asked. A package? 
I've got hundreds of packages in here, and you expect me to find yours? It was sent, I started to explain, I don't have time to look through all these packages. I don't care when it was sent. Well, it was sent airmail special delivery. Airmail special delivery? Why didn't you tell me? What's your name? And so I told him, and he rummaged around through the boxes, one pile after another, muttering the whole time, no, he said, it's not here. And so, you know, trying to salvage the relationship, I said, I'm sorry if I bothered you. And he looked at me and he said, oh, that's all right. I run into guys like you all the time. Tears welled up in my eyes. I'd never been treated like that in my life. Welcome to Chicago. Welcome to life. I walked all the way back to campus and uh, carried that with me for a long time. That was 50 years ago. I still remember that. But after a few years in Chicago, I gave as good or as bad as I got. But that day it hurt. Rejection hurts. Life is a cold call. You put yourself out there, and it's inevitable. Sooner or later, you'll get rejected. You know, I was a sensitive guy. But eventually, I developed a thick skin. And I learned that much of the time, it wasn't about me anyway. It was about them. The guy probably had an unhappy life. I just happened to walk up to his window. Maybe he had hemorrhoids. I don't know. It's no fun getting rejected. You lose the job. You get dumped. Now what? Years later, I was, and I still am, an artist, and I sent out cartoons and comic strips to magazines and newspaper syndicates. And I learned what it's like to be rejected over and over and over and over again. I expected to be rejected. I could barely bring myself to check the mail because so many rejection letters were coming to me. And so I decided to write rejection letters to their rejection letters, borrowing sentences from their rejections. Now listen. Dear editor, I wrote, thank you for your recent rejection. I would like to respond personally, but the number of rejections coming in the mail makes this impossible. I have carefully reviewed your rejection and must tell you that I cannot accept your rejection at this time. This is not a judgment on the quality of your rejection, just an honest response to an editor who doesn't know good work when he sees it. Good luck sending your rejections elsewhere. And then to those who sent me a form letter rejection, I included a PS. 
In the future, if you would like your rejection returned, please include a stamped self-addressed envelope. Yours very sincerely, Steve Eldy. I made a copy of their rejection for my files, and then I sent them their original rejection back to them. And I actually started looking forward to being rejected so I could reject their rejections. Jokes aside, rejections sting. And we remember them. I remember that day in the Chicago post office, as I said, like it was yesterday, but it was 50 years ago. As John Prine reminds us, we are not alone. Jesus knows something about rejection. He was turned down, went to a cross. They laughed at him, and then they killed him. It puts your own life into perspective. In our gospel text from Luke today, which George was big and heavy, Jesus sends out 70 followers besides the 12 disciples. He sends them out on a cold call to tell everyone about the kingdom of God, God's love, God's mercy, God's justice. They're all coming. Tell them something big is happening, he tells the 70. Tell them it's here. Some people, Jesus tells them, will be glad for the news, and some won't. He warns them, it's dangerous out there. I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Don't be surprised if you are rejected because of me. Don't be surprised if the door is slammed in your face. Don't take it personally. And don't be afraid. Take my peace with you wherever you go. Don't keep it for yourself. Give it away. And remember I love you. Remember I am with you. Remember you are in good company. If someone rejects you, they are rejecting me. And they, when they reject me, they reject the merciful, loving, and just God who sent me. And then he gives them some practical advice. Don't wear out your welcome. Don't be a pest. Just keep giving it away. Some will get it, and some won't. If they reject you, remember it's not about you, it's about them. Don't waste any time there. Reject their rejection. If they reject all this good stuff, stuff you're giving away, go back out into the street, he says. Tell them you're shaking the dust off your feet. Tell them you're not taking their rejection with you. You're leaving it with them. Kick up your heels and shake off the dust. Don't track their dirt into your life, Jesus is saying. Don't take it back home with you, caked to the bottom of your shoes. Leave it behind you. And leave 
with them my love, my mercy, and my peace. Sooner or later, they'll get it. And if they don't get it, they will bring judgment on themselves. And that will be about them, not about you. And we heard some harsh things in this text. References to Sodom and Gomorrah, to destruction and judgment. Shaking the dust from your heels, the whole idea of it does have a prophetic sting to it. Like the words of cranky Hebrew prophets like Amos and Micah, for example. Quite frankly, Amos and Micah didn't care if you didn't like them. They had a job to do. And when they left town, it wasn't their problem anymore. They had given the warning. If people ignored it, it was on those who rejected the warning, not those who gave it. Same here. Jesus is teaching the 70 healthy, self-differentiated behavior. Remember where you end and where those who reject you begin. Remember, their stuff isn't your stuff. You don't need to pack up their stuff and take it with you. You don't need to collect every rejection you've ever been given and take it with you, carry it with you for the rest of your life. You can let go. You can let go. You can let go. I've often quoted Robert Farrar Kippon, who says that if God is light, if there is no darkness in God at all, then the only way we can be in the darkness is if we keep our eyes closed. The good news of the gospel, he says, is simply this, open your eyes. Open your eyes, dummy. Some of those to whom Jesus sent the 70 and to whom Jesus sends us are closing their eyes. There's grace, love, mercy, and hope all around. The free gift of God. Open your eyes. If you keep your eyes closed, if you reject it, that doesn't mean it isn't there. It just means you don't want it, you can't see it, or you refuse to look for it. Jesus says to those he sent, you will be rejected. So what? Expect it. Let go. Move on. Kick off your, up your heels and shake off the dust. Leave it behind. My mercy will remain long after you are gone. And it's there for anyone who cares to look for it. People prefer known hells to unknown heavens because they know them. What collection of rejection have you been carrying around with you? What Disappointment is sticking to the bottom of your shoes from the past. What are you tracking into the rest of your life and into the lives of those around you? 
it's not fair, it hurts. But Jesus says, let go of it. Cut them loose. God's mercy and inescapable justice are still at work. Even if you have been rejected, even if you are disappointed, those who reject you are clueless for now. You can't make them get it. It's like the lost son in the parable in Luke 15. People have to come to themselves, turn, and then come home. And it's like the older brother in the same parable. They have to let go of their own stuff before they can come into the party. You got to leave the dirt on your shoes outside. You got to kick up your heels and shake off the dust. That guy in the post office in Chicago probably had a miserable life or just a bad day. I don't know. But I think after 50 years, I can shake that dust off my feet. Do you think I can? And the same goes for you. You don't need to hang on to every hurt that has ever been inflicted on you. Shake that dust. Live into hope, mercy, forgiveness, love, and justice. You already have it. God has not rejected you. God comes looking for you, for me, and all those who reject others. We just experienced some rejection at our denominational annual meeting. First Covenant Church Minneapolis and a couple of pastors were rejected because, and listen to this, it's interesting, they showed mercy to people who have been rejected by the church. Think about that. Kick up your heels. Shake the dust off your feet. We have work to do. The work of the kingdom, the hard work of mercy, forgiveness, and truth spoken in love. We have some disappointment. We have some dirt stuck to our feet. And we may be tempted to take it with us or give back as bad as we have been given, but the gospel breaks all that loose. It sets us free. Remember the words of the psalmist. We heard them read. You have turned my mourning into dancing. You have removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. Today, as we come to this table to receive the bread and cup, Kick up your heels. Shake off the dust. Let go of resentment, bitterness. Let go of the sting of rejection. And remember that God in Christ has already given and gives what we need. In Christ, through his death and resurrection, all the dirt and dust is left behind 
as the invitation to communion says. Come not because you must, but because you may. Come to testify not that you are righteous, but that you sincerely love our Lord Jesus Christ and desire to be his true disciples. Come not because you are strong, but because you are weak. Not because you have any claim on the grace of God, but because in your frailty and sin you stand in constant need of God's mercy and help. That is good news. Amen.